1: Oh, everyone's favourite doctor, not Valentino Rossi, Doctor Helmut Marco. Tried to take a drink with his mask on.
2: Yeah, it was fairly embarrassing because we all know as well they can see the uh, the screens in front of them. He would have seen himself do it a few seconds later on the delay, which is bad. And as a Red Bull fan, I was thinking this man is really our team. And he, he, he can't drink <laughs> oh my god Man.
1: you've killed on it I need to
0: see this I need to watch <laughs> it now
1: The
3: race podcast. Hello, my name is Ben Mailander, and you're listening to the Formula Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Rosanna Tennant,
1: and you are listening to the incredible Cut to the Race podcast.
0: Hi, I'm Johnny King, and you're listening to Formula Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Brocky. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out, and away we go! Hello, and welcome to the Cut to the Race podcast. We are here today to discuss the utterly bonkers weekend that was the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix weekend. Now, it's, uh, it's Monday as we're recording this, and let's just say the internet and the F1 community has gone wild, um, including me. I went wild yesterday, so we, we couldn't record it. It was, um, the tensions were too high. We had jobs to do monitoring the internet, policing the site. Ab- Abby was, I nearly called you Amy then because your Zoom name says Amy, but Abby <laughs> was, um, Abby was writing literally nonstop for about 12 hours. What a day, what a weekend. On the show with me today, we have got Cal. Uh, how are you, mate? I'm only just
2: calming down from last night, like, Me and you nearly fell out, and we probably will in a minute. But, you know, it was eventful, to say the least, wasn't it? It was, it was. Um, On the show, we have Grace.
0: How are you? Welcome along to the Race Review Show. It's going to get spicy.
1: Finally glad to be here, but um, I'm tired, I'm hungover, and I'm still really, really confused about what happened yesterday.
0: (sighs) Okay, well, hopefully we're going to try and work through some of this confusion and um, get rid of it. Um, and Abby, you're going to have to change that name because I need to call you Amy again. In fact, I'm going to rename you right now. But how are you? And uh, how did you find the weekend?
3: I'm absolutely knackered, to be honest. Keeping up with everything that happened in F1 and F2 and then qualifying on Saturday. I'm just knackered and, like Grace, a bit confused with everything that's happened but we will get into it all.
0: Are you hungover like Grace?
3: No I am not actually. I am very much sober although I do have a little alcoholic beverage to go with the race of you.
0: Well so do I. So does Cal and uh, so does Grace. So uh, happy Mondays people. Um, So okay where do we start with this? Oh goodness. I think it's probably best to talk probably in a sentence about practice. Now you didn't expect that, did you? But let's just start on practice. Cal, who do you think was dominant through practice? And I, I'm going to go to Grace afterwards. How we've got it laid out on my screen. Is we've got the Mercedes fans on the top, ironically, and um, the Red Bull fans lower down. So I've got Grace and uh, Cal on the bottom there. But uh, I'm going to pass it to you too.
2: Okay. Well, do- dominant in practice. That's a good question. I couldn't call it from practice, and neither could most of the pundits at Sky Sports F1. It was impossible to tell. The long running was cut off because of Charles Leclerc crashing into the road. Into the road? He didn't crash into the road. What an idiot. This is going to be a long night.
4: Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> maybe,
2: don't, maybe don't drink that uh, drink you've got there. Yeah, I'll leave it there. Uh, no, he crashed into the wall, and obviously that caused the red flag straight away. So the long running got cut short, and it was an unknown. All we did know is, people were fast. Grace,
0: what did you make of uh, practice? I mean, there's not a lot to talk about compared to what we're going to talk about the rest of the show, but...
1: Friday and Saturday morning were precursors to the entire weekend. It was very fast, very dangerous, with the crash from Charles Leclerc, and then the two near misses from Gasly and Mazepin, both involving Hamilton. So, don't know what you have to say about that, guys. But yeah, it was. It had the potential to be very dangerous, and it set the tone for the qualifying, which was super speedy, and the Sunday, which was super chaotic. So yeah.
0: Mm. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to ask uh, you, Abby, what do you make of the track? I think, um, I think it's something special for many reasons. Well, what about you?
3: Well, I recently bought the video game, F1 2021, because of Black Friday, and I played, so I played the Jeddah Circuit, and I knew that it would be fast, but oh my God, when I played it, it was so fast my eyes went funny. And then in practice, everyone was going really fast and I just couldn't get over how fast it is and dangerous. But it is a good track, but I think it's incredibly dangerous.
0: So were you like, okay, this is the normal speed you drive around when you're doing it with your rail plates on. Then you watched the sort of the onboard with Max Verstappen on his final qualifying run. You're like, oh, okay, now now I see how you're meant to do it.
3: Yeah, well, I played bumper cars with the barriers um, quite a bit, and then with the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the road. Um... All
2: right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Leave it out. All right. But yeah, it's just it's just so incredibly fast.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot to talk about. I, I think the the track for me was unreal. We'll get on to some of the amazing laps we've seen over this weekend, but. I think it was Max Verstappen's first Q1 run. Martin Brundle made this lap and the onboard camera the most exciting lap I have ever seen in my life. Cal, don't you agree?
2: Yeah, I do. And I actually, you you actually texted it in into our little chat area as uh, I was texting it in, and you know you saw my thunder a little bit on a Verstappen lap as well. It's not on really, but. You're right, Brundle made that lap look so exciting. It it was just, we were all on the edge of the seats and it was Q1, first lap. It was ridiculous, but I felt like that was the theme of the weekend. It was just on the edge of your seat the whole time, not knowing whether there's going to be a car around a blind bend that someone's going to fly into. And it was genuinely quite scary to watch.
0: So let's talk a bit about qualifying then, because it was pretty wild. It wasn't as wild as the race. I don't think anything will be. However, uh, qualifying was also pretty exciting. Q1 saw uh, science scaring the hell out of, well, certainly me. Um, It it, it was exciting all the way through qualifying. I mean, what what are the highlights for you guys? Which bits really stand out? I mean, science was definitely mine from Quali.
3: For me, as a Lewis fan over Max, I just really liked Lewis getting pole, to be honest, which I know Callum would agree with because he's a Max fan, but I liked Lewis getting pole. And then I was a bit disappointed with Daniel Ricciardo not getting into the top 10, but McLaren haven't been having the best of times recently. However, his race result was a little bit different.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been a bit of a roller coaster for um, Ricardo this weekend, even in the press pen, uh, Cal. I'll tell you who had a shocker. Aston
2: Martin. They were awful. Like, what even happened? How do you qualify? Both Aston Martins blow both Williams. And one of the Williams didn't even make it into Q2. It was uh, no words for it. It was awful. Awful. These guys are running a Mercedes engine and they're supposed to be like the next big thing in F1 with all the money that's being pumped in and they're sat there not even able to get out of Q1. Ridiculous.
1: I know what Lance Stroll's going to be asking for Christmas from his dad.
2: What, the L Mercedes place?
1: team? <laughs> a better qualifying car.
2: No, I'd, I'd probably just buy the Mercedes team if I were his dad, to be fair. Probably, it's probably already in the works, isn't it? Aston Martin shit, I'll buy the Mercedes team instead. Much easier. I mean, I'm, that's
1: I'm, only a stocking filler though, isn't
2: it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking, <laughs> of, uh, talking of the Stroll
0: family, did anyone see the huge yacht moored off um, at the side of the track? Now, I, I did think, is, is that Stroll Senior's boat, because we saw it in Monaco, the 200 million pound yacht that he has. Um, did anyone else think that? Or was it just me?
1: I didn't notice it to be honest. I was too busy trying to make sure no one was kissing the barriers.
0: Okay, just me. Um, if there's anyone else out there that noticed it and thought the same as me, let me know so I don't feel quite as stupid. But uh, knocked out at Q1, we had uh, Latifi, Vettel, Stroll, Schumacher, and you guessed it, someone. Someone fill in the blank. Grosjean. He who
1: shall not be named. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, it, it was uh, spinning of... Um, well, I don't think it did spin, actually, on this one, but it was Mazabim. Um, so, Abby, uh do you want to talk through what happened in Q2?
3: So, as I said, we had Daniel Ricciardo, who went out, and he didn't make it into Q3. But with him, we had Kimi Raikkonen in his penultimate F1 race, along with Fernando Alonso and George Russell, Mr. Saturday. And Carlos Sainz, who unfortunately didn't have that great a qualifying compared to his teammate, Charles Leclerc.
0: Maybe he should stop scaring the crap out of us every five
2: minutes and he would uh, get a little bit further. He had a big brown pants moment, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, like, two of them. <laughs> wow. Even, even watching it at home, I was like looking away, hiding behind my hat. Oh, God. It was a, it was a scary needed, moment.
1: Definitely needed a new race suit for the next day.
2: Yes. Yeah, that's for 100%. sure. If he didn't, he's a dirty man. He wasn't the only
0: Ferrari driver this weekend that needed a new race suit. Did anyone notice um, Charles Leclerc after the race when the fireworks went off?
3: Oh, that
1: was hilarious.
0: Grace, did you watch that live or did you watch the clip that I put, I put into our chat?
1: I sadly didn't watch it live, but I watched the clip and... I think I was just tired, but I had tears rolling down my face. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, whoever was interviewing him said, "Did you think you were getting shot?" And he went, "Yes." <laughs> if you haven't seen it, make sure you check it out. Um, Q three. I'm gonna I'm gonna file this over to Cal. Do you want to talk a little bit about the way it, it, it panned out? Do you want to talk a little bit about um, uh, the the walls or the road, as you
2: call them? Um, I feel like you're setting me up here, mate. It's, I am, I am. You know, it's yeah, this is all nice. intentional. This is the perks of being <laughs> the host. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be fair to Mr. Hamilton, he set a blinder of a lap. And then we had um, Bottas in P2, which is, to be fair to him, you know, out of the ordinary. Um, Perez wasn't brilliant. Norris was nowhere to be seen. But then towards the end of... Uh, Q3, we had Verstappen on an absolute blinding lap. It was, everyone was in awe of it. Everyone was just silent. It was amazing. Everything was going great. And then into the last corner, he decides to, you know, just lock up his tyre a little bit and hit the wall. Um, So that killed that. And he, he, he started in P3. Hmm. It, I'm not it, happy. I had to talk about that. Mate. I'm not really <laughs> you, you
0: you made it sound a lot nicer than it was. I think, um, Grace. What did you what did you make of that final Max Verstappen lap with Lewis on pole, and just watching that? I mean, that was. I, I, I'll say this quite happily. It was on target to be one of the greatest laps I've ever seen in F1, but it wasn't, was it?
1: It was really sad for me because. One of the things that made me fall in love with Verstappen, because I wasn't his biggest fan, is just something about the way he puts a car around a track in Quali. I think the last time I saw it might have been in Zandvoort, where he was just nailing it and it was, it was stunning. And I, I was like, I was like telling my mate, I was like, shut up, I'm watching this, like, no noise. And, and then I, she heard a scream and she said, what was that? And I was like, you can't talk to me for the rest of the night. It was heartbreaking. It was devastating. Like, no words. Even my dad, who doesn't even like Verstappen, said that was disappointing. I thought that was going to be a, one of the most brilliant things I've ever seen.
0: I mean, he, he, he was purple in the first sector, purple in the second sector. Uh, what was your reaction, Habby, when you saw that red bull with his little broken wishbone and, and the wishes of Max with it?
3: <laughs> well, I don't like him. But when he was doing that lap, I must give it to him, that was... An amazing lap. It was really fast. He handled it really well. And I did feel a little sorry for him at the end when he crashed into the wall. But I am glad Lewis got pole. But it was sad to
1: see him crash.
0: Uh, Grace just said that she's going to cry, I think.
1: Yeah. Thank you for reminding me about his purple sectors. Tears on the way.
0: Tears. Well, yes. There will be more tears in this show. (laughs) Can one of you run down the final qualifying order for me, please?
3: We had Lewis Hamilton on pole ahead of his teammate Valtteri Bottas for a Mercedes front row lockout. Then we had Max Verstappen behind in P3 ahead of Ferrari's Charles Leclerc. Max Verstappen's teammate Sergio Perez was in P5 ahead of Gasly who was in P6. And behind Gasly we had Lando Norris who was then in front of Yuki Tsunoda ahead of Esteban Ocon with Antonio Giovinazzi in P10. Daniel Ricciardo in P11, ahead of Kimi Räikkönen in P12. Fernando Alonso in P13, ahead of Mr. Saturday, George Russell. Carlos Sainz in P15, with Nicholas Latifi in P16, ahead of both Aston Martins, with Vettel in P17, ahead of Stroll. Followed up by both Hasses in P19 and 20 with Nikita Mazepin being last on the grid.
0: So, let's move to race day there was a lot of Formula 2 support races. Um, Abby, you, you covered uh, a, a, an article in the morning of uh, Sunday and it was titled Jeddah is too dangerous. Um, now this was before anything else had happened at this circuit. This was, um, this was referring to Max Verstappen saying it was a dangerous circuit. I think uh, Ricardo had said the same thing. What, why do you think everyone was so nervous about this circuit?
3: Because it's so high speed and there's loads of blind corners and you can't see if there's cars in front of you coming around those corners. And at the speeds that they do, it's so dangerous. I mean, we saw it with, um, like Grace said, with Hamilton, with his close calls, with Mazepin and Gasly in practice. And then lots of drivers nearly lost it, like Science in qualifying and obviously Max in qualifying as well. but. It's just too dangerous for the speeds and narrow as well because it, it's very Monaco-esque.
1: But... It's Monza in a cage. It's like all the best parts of Monaco, Singapore, Baku, but with the speeds of Monza, it's truly, it's, it's terrifying. It is.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know when it's scary to watch on TV, it's probably quite scary to drive it.
2: Cal, did you think this was a dangerous circuit? Yes. Yeah, it was. It was... Like uh, Grace has just summed it up perfectly. It was Baku, Singapore, Monaco with the speed of Monza. That is a recipe for disaster. Um, Especially when, you know, most of these corners are blind and the F1 cars going through them don't even really notice the corner. So you can imagine the speed they're carrying through. If you've got a blind corner, someone has an incident in front, then it's not good news, is it? What I will say though, as well, is. Uh, They played a blinder by bringing over the Bahraini marshals. They had some experienced marshals. They knew it was going to be dangerous before it had even begun, I think, Uh, judging by that move that they made there. There was Saudi marshals there as well, but they were sort of in training from the Bahraini marshals.
3: I mean, you know it's dangerous when you have Max Verstappen saying it's dangerous because he doesn't seem to be scared of anything. And then if he says it's dangerous and nearly almost every other driver on the grid does, you know that it is definitely terrifying.
0: Yeah, I mean, even Lewis said, um, it's beautiful to drive, but it's getting a bit close to, uh, what did he say? Getting to a bit of a danger zone is what he said. Um, We briefly mentioned it, but um, Mazepin is not usually known for his fantastic driving. Um, But he was this weekend, wasn't he? Uh, Grace, you were the one who who was quite so baffled by this at the time.
1: Well I was covering the like the live updates and I, I just had to make sure that it was massive him before he posted because I was like, that was a it was brilliant and I like Hamilton but I have to say it was quite dangerous from him, especially that on Saturday Michael Massey was like, No slow driving, it's got to be it's got to be on it. Which I think if you have to say that about a circuit, there is obviously something wrong with it especially, I think it needs to be changed if they're going to race there in March next year.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the, the rules were changing through the weekend and what we just referred to, uh, it was, was it the Friday? It was the Friday practice or the Saturday practice?
1: Saturday. It
0: was Saturday, pra- it was Saturday practice when uh, Mazepin avoided a slow-driving Lewis Hamilton at, uh, you know, circa 160, 170 miles an hour. And that was going to be a crash. In my opinion, you know, there's no two ways about it. That was um, probably one of the, well, one of the closest calls we had. But we did have, unfortunately, a few uh, very nasty incidents this weekend. Um, Abby, myself, uh, sorry, yourself and I were watching the Formula Two race on Saturday before we got to the Formula One. And um, would you like to just explain a little bit about what happened?
3: So the feature race for Formula 2 was delayed due to track repairs from the Porsche race earlier in the day. But when the lights went out, Theo Pocher stalled his car and he was in P3, so he was stationary on the grid at the time. And then Enzo Fittipaldi, who was in P18, pushed down on the throttle, accelerated, and unfortunately he had a very nasty crash into the back of Boucher's car at 72 G.
0: I mean this this is it actually gives me goosebumps thinking about this and um it's it's absolutely horrific. Um some things I don't like about the internet here um was there instantly are videos of this floating around. Obviously um Sky Sports are cut away from it, the FIA feed are cut away from it. But also um Yeah, as as a as a news provider, the Formula Nerds is, we had to um, tread around what are the facts, what are the speculations, and there's people at the track saying there were no yellows waved and things like that, and you know we had to verify the footage before we said anything. There were yellows, weren't there, Abby? I mean, you know, you and I checked the footage ourselves, but when things like this happened, it's very there's a fine line I think between how you report on it and waiting for official statements. Now, you'll know where I'm going with this because I was very opinionated at the time. Um, but I'm just going to let Cal uh, say his little word on,
2: on this incident. Yeah, I, I saw I saw the incident. It, to put it into a word, it was horrific. Um, I expected the injuries that actually came out of the crash to be worse than they were. Um I saw a picture yesterday of Fittipaldi. Now, I don't know his actual injuries off the top of my head, so I don't want to speculate. What I do remember from the picture is that he had a black eye and his eye was completely closed shut. Now, the guy was wearing a helmet. How do you get a black eye when you're wearing a helmet? That shows you how bad that impact was. And I think the actual G-force of the crash was higher than that of Grosjean's crash last year in Bahrain. Um, So that just shows you the the ferocity of the incident. And thank God they're both okay. And it just shows you as well how safe these F1 cars are. You can have a horrific crash like that. Sorry, F2 cars. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad they're okay. I really am. And Grace has just informed me that he actually fractured his heel, which when I first saw it, I thought, at least at the bare minimum, he's broken both his legs because he went straight through the back of Pochier's car and I, there was no front end of the car left. It, it, yeah, you didn't think um, much good was going to come of it, put it that way.
0: Mm. I mean, I mean um, Grosjean, uh, in comparison, that, that impact was uh, around 50 to 55G, if I remember correctly. So this being 72 sort of puts it into perspective.
1: Uh, Grace? I, when I first saw it, I thought it was going to be like when um, Correa shattered his legs. It was that bad. I thought he is not, he's not getting out of this without at least one broken leg. So, and I think he's, I saw his post on Instagram and he said, I was lucky to get away from that with just a fractured heel. Like, I mean, yeah, it's a fractured heel. It's pretty rubbish, but gosh, that, that boy was lucky. and. Just, yeah, I'm so happy that they're both okay.
0: I mean, when, uh, Abby, when was the last time we saw a crash like this, where it's a stationary car, someone going in at, at, at that speed?
3: It was Billy Munger in 2017, I believe. And he had a crash and he has lost both of his legs, unfortunately. And when I saw Fissipaldi and Pischer crash, I honestly, I honestly thought that Fissipaldi, like Grace said, would have lost both of his legs. But I am so thankful that the safety of the cars made sure that he didn't. And like a fractured heel, yes, it is not very good, but it is probably the best outcome that he could have got from that crash.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, the way I look at it, they're lucky to be alive, uh, both of them. Um, you don't really crash at 180, 170, 180 miles an hour um, and tend to get away with it. Um I think it's worth just shouting out to the safety crews, um, obviously the medical car, uh, the marshals, uh, for the speedy extraction of those drivers. They were in a helicopter straight to hospital. Um, my only bugbear here, and I, I am gonna voice it, I'm gonna do it in a in a in a in a less emotional way than I did on Saturday. But FIA their statement on the condition of the drivers came after. The race had been restarted again and red flagged again. So we restarted an F2 race where we didn't even know if these drivers were alive. What are your thoughts on that, guys? I know it's a very sensitive subject here, but it, it's, there, there's, there's a fine line between waiting for official statements and reporting on what you can see when you're there. Now,
2: um, at Sky F1, all the broadcasters, they're there. Cal? Uh, I completely agree with you, mate. I think the fans at home, you know, after especially after seeing Grosjean last year, uh, and especially British fans having seen Billy Munger, they would have been worried sick. Um, the people there in the stands, they would have been worried sick. I should imagine some of the other teams in F2 wouldn't have known what was going on either, and you know the drivers as well. They would have known that they them two would have gone to hospital. So for their own peace of mind, you know. Let the, let the teams know so that they can go over the radio and say to the guys Look, them two are okay, crack on with the race now get your head in the game blah 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 it, it's not good enough to leave the suspense like that and carry on a race when the driver it's, it's more about the drivers for me the drivers need to know that it is safe and it was an unknown at that point and yeah it, it, they need to improve on that front I think
0: And I think for broadcasters, you know, um, I think Sky, I had a pop at them yesterday, Uh, I've since sort of retracted my my views on that. They are worried about saying the wrong thing, uh, building speculation, things like that. However, it'd be nice to know that the drivers are conscious. And everyone at that track knew that the drivers were conscious. The only people who didn't know were those who were sitting at home watching it. I think at the very minimum, broadcasters should be allowed to say that because we didn't see a replay. It was, I believe, about seven minutes after the Grosjean crash that we saw a replay. We knew that he was alive. Um, we didn't know that yesterday, and that just struck me as 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 bizarre. Um, the drivers apparently, when they're getting into the into the helicopter, put their thumbs up. So, why not share that information? You know, and by not making a comment, it it allows the internet and rumours to run wild. And I think that's where my where my concerns are.
2: One thing I will defend Sky on there is that I think the F2 commentators are actually based in the UK and they're watching it from a live feed. So they literally see what the fans are seeing at home as well, to be fair to the commentators. I don't think they're there in Saudi. Judging by what I see on Alex Brundle's um instagram stories and rosanna tenants they always seem to be in the same room and i know for a fact that wherever you go in the world the room doesn't look exactly the same at every circuit does it so that means to me they're in the same place in the uk and they do it from there probably Uh, because of covid
0: you've you've actually nailed it Uh, i think you're right i I hadn't thought about it until now but you are right you're welcome does anything else have anything to add on, on, on this? I mean, uh, uh, do we know the
2: latest on the driver's conditions? We've mentioned it slightly, but. Um... I think, on the whole, considering the crash, I don't know the ins and outs, but I know they're both okay. Um, and that's the main thing, isn't it? They've both been on social media and, you know, said what has happened to them. They're okay. They're out of the hospital. That is the main thing. Um, so yeah.
0: God bless the uh engineers and designers of these cars. That is that's my last on the on the topic and the people who uh attended to them swiftly. But we're here to discuss the F1 Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Um now this is going to be a pretty interesting show there's a lot to cover we're going to take a very quick break refill the drinks empty the bladders and we will be back in just a moment spice is on the way don't go anywhere support for the cut to the race podcast is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming champions of the world manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels Manscaped's just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the lawnmower 4.0. You heard it right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer just for Formula Nerds listeners. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FORMULANERDS at manscaped.com. That's code Nerds at manscaped.com.
1: Hi guys, and welcome back to the Cut to the Race podcast. We're going to start this segment by talking about equality and racing in Saudi Arabia. So there was a lot of speculation and lots of discussion about whether we, as as a racing community, should even be competing in Saudi Arabia due to human rights, women's rights, gay rights, just human, lots of rights, basically. Rights in
0: general, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You're right there. (laughs) Um, yeah, so what do you guys think? Because I have some very strong opinions that I'm not going to speak about because it could get me in trouble.
2: Okay. You know what? Well, I'm Having seen this weekend and a couple of things that have, have gone on and a couple of inclusions that I have seen over the weekend, I am completely for F1 being in Saudi Arabia. And that is because they are trying to make a difference on the whole. They are trying to include people of all backgrounds and they are there for 10 years. They haven't gone there to make money. They have gone there to try and make a difference, I feel, in my opinion. And I think that is justified in a few things that I saw over the weekend. First example, there was a female marshal on track. Now, you very rarely see female marshals anyway, never mind in Saudi Arabia. So I thought, fair play for that. Um. Second of all, Vettel, as a driver, so he's part of Formula One, he's done this off his own back, we know this, he set up a little race, and I think it was for seven or eight uh, female drivers. Now, none of them, or some of them, were not racers, and they were from all sorts of different backgrounds, and he just said, come and have a go, and he set it up. He paid for them to do it, they did it, they had a laugh, it was great. They would have never, ever, ever had that opportunity before and because Seb Battle's gone over there because F1 have gone over there it's happened and I think it's a massive message that they've sent out this weekend and I hope that you know that they learn from it and it's not like there was nobody there to see it either there was a lot of people there including the Royal Highness of Saudi Arabia I don't know his actual title but he was there and he was watching so he would have seen these things. And hopefully he wants to make these changes going forward as well. So in my opinion, they did the right thing and they're going to carry on doing it for the next 10 years, which is great.
0: I think there are, there are certain people in the paddock that really stand for equality. Uh, people who stand out, obviously, Matt Bishop um, and um, the Racing Pride Initiative. I'm not going to mention them all, but we should know who they are by now. Um, Lewis Hamilton, obviously, with his helmet designs, he he always uh, stands up and speaks up on equality. Vettel, like we've just mentioned as well, he's not scared to do that either. Um, Now, uh, one of our uh, Facebook moderators, uh, he felt very passionate about this as well, and he boycotted watching the race. Now, anyone who works for the Formula Nerds team, I tell you now, they're the type of people who don't miss races, um, no matter what let alone the penultimate race. Uh, he actually boycotted this race, said, I won't watch it. Um, I don't agree with them, with them being there. It, it's chasing money. Um, I'm going to ask a difficult question, um, so good luck to whoever's going to answer it. But if our drivers
2: really felt the same way, would they have boycotted the race? It's a very good question. A very strong question. I don't think they can. Um, even if that was their opinion, because Lewis publicly said he's not happy with the situation that's in Saudi Arabia. Um, But then he did say that, you know, it's a positive thing that they're trying to do over there. And he's trying to do, and obviously Seb's trying to do it. If a driver could have boycotted the race, I think it would have been Lewis Hamilton. Um, I think contractually... Career-wise, it would have been a bad move for them to do it, and therefore I think every single person in their team would have said, don't be stupid, this is your career. You're not going to make that big of a difference, unfortunately, by boycotting a race. Um, So there, that's the answer to your question. I don't think they would.
1: You're not going easy with the questions today, I'm, I'm I'm having a tough time with this one, because... On the one hand, like Callum said, it's contracts. F1 is all about money and contracts. Some of the drivers might not be able to boycott even if they wanted to. And they have their opportunity to say their mind with the we race as one like, sentiment. But on the other hand, I do think boycotting a race would send a message, but whether it would be as effective as they want it to be. So, yeah, I'm very undecided on it. But I think kudos to the moderator who boycotted it because he missed a banger of a (laughs)
0: race. I missed him after and I said, mate, of all the races to boycott, that was not the one. Um, But for for those that maybe don't know, um, male and female same-sex sexual activity is illegal in Saudi Arabia. Um, So for Lewis to wear... Well, for the for the helmet design that he ran in that race, that that's a that's a brave move, and I actually think um, you know if we're going to give kudos out kudos to Mercedes because um, for for a place where that's illegal to publicly support that, that is for me the reason that we went there. It's to say we are supporting that Mercedes as a a global dominant brand. That that's a big brave move, um, Abby. What would what would you say on that?
3: I think that they're aware of the impact that they can have and the platform that they have. And for Lewis to do that, it it can inspire some people. And the country is trying to make it better. I mean, they lifted the racing ban um, for female drivers in 2018. And whilst they do have a long way to go in some regards. They are getting there, but I think F1 are doing the right thing by using their platform that they have to showcase the issues that are within the country.
0: And and, and again, you know, I'm just gonna, I I really want to. Make sure people know about these things you know there's been uh, certain drivers who said that they that they're not aware of you know certain things in in the country. It was only twenty years ago that uh, people have been put in prison they've been lashed and even executed for same sex uh, relationships you know it, it's in this country it's not a joke and I really feel that um you know whilst i've asked the question, should drivers boycott it? um i actually after this weekend think that it's a very positive thing that f1 went there um they supported um we races 1 which again is very brave and it's the fact that saudi government allowed that to even happen shows that there is change on the cards
1: i i went into the weekend having very strong feelings but i came out of it a bit like you and then i started thinking if we were to not race in Saudi Arabia, there were so many other countries on the, on the calendar that we'd have issues with, just as we saw Vettel with his rainbow mask and helmet in Hungary. And obviously there's issues with Qatar and potentially China when we get back racing there. So I think it's definitely sparked a debate and it's sparked change. Just Hinting on debate, I went on a bit of a Twitter deep dive, if any of you guys do that. And I saw a lot of people saying, oh, I think it's disgusting we go to Saudi Arabia. And some people saying, oh, it's tradition. You should respect their traditions. It's their culture. And I want to know what you guys were thinking about that, if any of you picked up on that discourse.
2: First of all, I just want to say every single country on the racing calendar, including ours, have political problems
4: that. The we races one initiative does address
2: racism, homosexuality, equality. Whatever you whatever you want to list or take from it, every single country on the calendar has these issues, including our own. Um, the second part, Grace. What did you question again? Sorry. Oh, the beliefs that the culture. Um, I understand that completely. Everywhere has its own cultures and beliefs, and even in this country. Years ago, you know, people would have been beaten and probably things thrown at them for being gay or lesbian. And it's disgusting. And what I, the way I tend to look at it is some other parts of the world are just catching up. It won't be forever. Eventually their eyes will be opened and they'll see it's not a crime. There's nothing wrong with it. If anything, it, it makes the world a better place because everyone can be themselves. So I just see it as the world is catching up and F1 is over there to try and open their eyes a little bit and speed things up.
0: Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I think if, if, if Saudi Arabia, as a, as, a, as, a, as a country, weren't willing to make change, F1 wouldn't have been there because it's a sport with a mission. So... I would say good on F1. After all the speculation, even, you know, all of us were, oh my God, what are they doing? Um,
2: Positives came out. Can I just say as well, one last thing, the minerals on F1 to actually go there, when every single part of the press was basically saying, this is a bad move, what are they doing? Saudi as a country is completely against the We Races 1 initiative, blah, blah, blah it took courage for f1 as a company as a as a brand to take themselves there because if it had gone wrong if it had gone the wrong way it could have been destroying the the brand and um you know fair play to them because they went there they had a they had a plan they wanted to set examples they wanted to open people's eyes and i feel like this weekend they made a massive dent in that so fair play to them for actually going through with it as well and not chickening out
0: Absolutely. And the last thing we're going to talk about before we actually talk about the on-track action from 5.30 UK time onwards, um, it's just Sir Frank Williams. Now, there were some incredible tributes over the weekend towards what was um, one of the most special men ever to grace F1. Uh, We had a minute of silence in the paddock as well. Um, What did you guys think of the tributes? Uh, You know, I, I I didn't see anyone not take this seriously it was it it was a beautiful time to celebrate a great man Cal
2: Um, the tribute was short and sweet um, and I think that's purely because they the time in the schedule they they couldn't give any more than a minute unfortunately
3: I think the tribute was moving and it could have been longer but there is the um, time restrictions with the schedule but Frank was a titan of F1. He was a legend. And it's not just drivers that were impacted by his passing. It's the whole of the F1 community. What he did, what he achieved, what he overcame. It's very inspiring.
0: Absolutely. And we saw lots of logos on cars, helmets, obviously that really moving picture on the uh, paddock before the race. Uh, Grace, what was your favourite book?
1: I was going to say, we didn't have much time to celebrate him before the race, but I love how I think every team had a tribute to him in some way across the weekend. I definitely saw, obviously, Williams did. George Russell had a helmet. Alfa Romeo, McLaren. And it was truly moving because these teams have definitely benefited from the Williams machine. So many drivers have come through him and his business. and he's. We were talking about it the other day, me, Abby, um, Bridge and James and we were all all getting a bit emotional and I'm getting a bit emotional now so I'm going to have to throw it back to someone else.
0: No, absolutely. And... um... I think at the end of this year, we will make a special uh, a tribute podcast to Sir Frank. He was a very special man. And I think for our generation, there's a lot of things that people don't know about him um, and the things that he's done in his 50 years of F1. And there, there's, there, there's some things that people need to know and realise um, why the sport is the way it is today. Some of the drivers that he brought up and also the mindset of this man. He is not a usual human being. Um, and, you know... Uh, being paralysed in an accident and coming back and being world champions in an F1 team is not something that everyone does so with that we're going to take one more short pause and then the chaos the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix
2: Arabian night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> da 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 <laughs> <laughs>
0: Support for the Cut to the Race podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Law 4.0. You heard it right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer just for Formula Nerds listeners, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code Formula Nerds at Manscaped.com That's code FORMULANERDS at Manscaped.com Hello and welcome back. We are here to talk about the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix and now we're going to do that. We've all got full drinks. Abby is drinking what looks like a Baileys. She's nodding.
1: Yes, I am. Very
0: delicious. Grace, what are you drinking?
1: Classy drink of vodka and phantom lemon.
0: Oh, I miss those days. Um, Cal, what have you got? A little bit of gin and lemonade, mate. Gin and lemonade. And I'm drinking Guinness. So, okay, we've got a bit of a full house here. So, the start of the race. Who wants to take it?
2: Because
0: it's the least interesting part.
2: Can I sum it up in like 30 seconds? I believe I can do that.
0: I believe you could do it in five seconds, but okay. I'll give you, Stop you 30.
2: Stop okay, watch. so you ready? Lights out. And away we go. No one crashes. Barely any overtakes. Nothing really much going on. Uh, all the way up to lap 16. And that was your race start finished.
4: 13
1: seconds.
2: Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> That was pretty much it, though, wasn't it? I don't think anything happened um, during the first 16 laps of the race, other than they would. Oh. Oh, was, oh, he says. When when was the safety car? Was That that was a bit earlier than lap 16. Was Hang it on.
1: 12? Let me have one look. I think, I think it was lap 10.
2: All right. I think
3: that's when the first thing happened.
2: You've all ruined my <laughs> 13 second review. But Sorry. Here we go lap 10, something happened, which Whoa. caused a safety car. Cal, what happened? Tell us. None of remember, us have seen I hoping, it. I was hoping someone would tell me. I can't remember who <laughs> did what. But that it was, was a safety car. M. Schumacher.
0: Um, of course. Ending up in the barriers. Now, something did happen just yeah. after this. Sorry, Ollie, I just need to correct you, mate. You mean the road. Yes, sorry, Uh, M. Schumacher (laughs) hit the road. Now, if you've fast-forwarded in this podcast, this serves you right, Um, because you're not going to know what we're talking about. But yes, M. M M Schumacher ended up in the road, Um, and some pitting started. Um,
1: Grace, who pitted? Your favourite boy in the whole wide world.
2: I mean, I was sat in mate, so I don't know what. I don't know what you're talking
1: about. (laughs) Oh, wait, what? Am I mistaken? It was Hamilton, wasn't it?
0: Yes. um, Cal is not my favourite person (laughs) in the world. And he (laughs) definitely won't be after the show. Um, So there there was Hamilton who pitted. There were two other drivers. Um, Abby, who, who else used this extreme opportunity?
3: I believe it was Stroll, Russell and Lando Norris who pitted
0: as well under the safety car. So there are the world of Mercedes fans going, yes, because
2: um, Red Bull decided to say out. Yeah, so at this point, big old Verstappen is leading the race. I'm buzzing. I'm thinking, yes, come on, Max is winning. And then guess
0: what happened? Hold on, slow down. At this point, Lewis has just got fresh tyres.
4: Yeah.
2: Where did he come out? Where did he come out? Directly behind Max Verstappen. Yeah, P2. Yeah. So Max P1. So at this point,
0: Max has lost the race. Nah. No, come on. If we're we're
2: talking no more safety cars. No, yeah. Yeah. If we're talking no more safety cars, Max had to build up like a 23, I think it was, 22, 23 second lead to realistically have a chance of winning. They took a gamble. Um, Bottas was just behind Hamilton because they did a cheeky double stack. And I believe it was a certain Esteban Ocon in fourth just lurking. Um, but then what
4: happened? It was a red flag. I can't remember.
2: It was a red flag. <laughs> Mr. Michael Massey decided, we're going to have a red flag now after four laps of safety car. They decided it was now too dangerous. The barrier was needing replacing or repairing. The road. The road, sorry. <laughs> was needing repairing. <laughs> and um, they red flagged it. But this meant that people could now change their tyres who hadn't previously pitted. So basically, Mercedes threw away the lead. And um, Ollie was not a very happy man, let me tell you for free.
0: <laughs> right. So we have reached point one of this Boise
2: podcast. Boise. Um, why did they red flag the race? The barriers weren't safe. Okay. Sorry, the road wasn't safe.
0: <laughs> okay, but for this point, the barrier wasn't safe.
2: Um, they've moved cars out of that pretty
4: quickly before without having to inspect it.
2: It was the same place, though, that Leclerc hit it. I believe. Wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it
3: was. Turn 22. 23,
2: I yeah. think. 20, oh, no, no different. 22 really,
3: 23.
2: Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. Uh, anyway, there was multiple impacts in that same spot. And I believe that the final one was the cherry on the cake. Yeah. And yeah, they felt it, it needed. Yeah. they felt it needed repairing obviously Ollie Mr Conspiracy Theorist over here thinks that Michael Massey is a Red Bull fan no I don't he think he that thought, I don't think oh, that no, I think he's a Spice win fan. The race now <laughs>
0: that's what I think and I also think um, the the sponsors on on that barrier were a little bit damaged you know the, the paper had torn off that means that the whole barrier needs to be investigated come on now be serious that barrier as Callum just said had taken mul- multiple impacts all weekend But now they needed to red flag the race. Oh, okay.
2: Okay. I'm not complaining. (laughs) I know you're
0: not. (laughs) Um, I am just being devil's advocate here. Safety is number one in Formula One. But I believe that that's a very good excuse to bring out a red flag, reset the race, change the order. And Grace, uh, you've mentioned about eight times in our chat Bottas comes into this as well, doesn't he? What did Naughty Little Bottas do to make sure Lewis was in P2? That rhymes and I didn't intend it to.
1: You're a poet and you didn't know it. I was getting this relayed on the phone to me because I couldn't actually watch it. And I was told that Naughty Little Bottas was going a bit slowly, a bit too slowly. And kind of, let's just say, royally effed up our boy So. Yeah, I think if something didn't happen and there wasn't a need for a red flag, I don't think that was fully why it was red flag, but it was a contributing factor. I think there was definitely potentially penalty on his way. So
0: now that I will agree with uh Grace. Um Lewis pitted, but Bottas held Max back as much as humanly possible so that Lewis could get his tires and get straight back out. Um if, you know, uh, maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist, maybe I'm not. However, there was a penalty there for Bottas.
2: I think, rather than helping Lewis, I think it was more to help the team for a double stack. Um so. Rather than Bottas being sat there waiting for Lewis to get his tyres changed, he thought, well, the gap. I hold Max up in the process and then we can double stack and everyone's happy. Apart from... You know, the staffer. Of um Red Bull. But then, obviously, Ollie, according to Ollie's theory, Michael Massey thought, oh, that's not fair. I'm going to red flag it. That's exactly what that, happened. I also want to put that sponsor back on that board because <laughs> I'm getting angry emails. <laughs> now, let's be serious now. All conspiracies aside, if they had any doubts about that barrier being safe, they did the right thing. Mm-hmm. And... Safety's no joke, we saw that in F2. All conspiracies aside, if he was concerned about that barrier, he did the right thing.
0: Yes, you can't argue with safety, and that is why this conspiracy theory will never be proven.
1: I'm sure there's some internet nuts out there who will create a long list and long article about how it was a conspiracy theory, so I'll wait for that. Oh, Ollie's already writing it.
0: Yeah, no, but I think old. we've already written it. Um...
1: Please do not use me as a direct quote, as I will sue.
0: Who sue? So? Damn, you hit my joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, right. I, I've, I accidentally flicked way forward in this race. Let me just go back to where we were.
2: Can, can, um, I, can I say next? Yeah, minute? yeah, yeah. Go I for remember it. Remember it. Obviously, after the red flag. We're in the pits, we've changed tyres and everything. We're all, you know, everyone's on the same level then, apart from a few switcheroos in the, in the standing order. We go to the red flag, start the race again. Oh, Kushdie, get a standing start.
4: Mint. Guess what? We don't get very far.
2: Because there's a few crashes here now. I think, was it Leclerc? It's hit Perez and basically... Made him do a a U-turn on the pit straight. And then further back than that, Mazepin went into George Russell. Which was very unfortunate because Mazepin had had... (laughs) You said that, (laughs) by the way, mate, you said that with the driest tone I've ever heard. (laughs) Because...
0: That was very unfortunate.
2: Well, it was. Because Mazepin up to this, obviously, after the first few races of the season, he's kept his nose clean, relatively. Apart from a few, you know, diving in front of people under blue flags, he's not actually wrecked the car that much, as much as we thought he would at the start of the season. So kudos to him for that. It was more unfortunate on George's part, um, because he was just an innocent passenger, nothing he could do, he's just been rear-ended. Out of the race, unfortunately. I
1: don't don't know if you had the audio or the the radio message from George Russell himself. And I think he said it was inevitable that that was going to happen. I don't think he blamed Mazepin like most drivers would do, like, oh, but it was more, that was inevitable. <laughs> Sorry, that was very my... <laughs> <laughs> That was a great impression.
2: <laughs> the, common, the common noise of an angry F1 driver. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's a fair quote because... You know, judging by what had happened over the weekend and the danger of the circuit, should they have just gone for a rolling start? Also, another little spicy question that we're going to throw into the mix here, but save your answers for another podcast off-season. Should you be able to change your tyres under a red flag? Save your answers. (laughs)
0: That is coming soon. Yeah, that's going Uh, to be an entire episode. Probably. Probably.
2: Yeah, um, but yeah, no! that happened. Cool. That <laughs> happened, and then obviously straight away we get another red flag. So then we're all back in the pits, changing tyres again. And, and the P's point, and everything. <laughs> yeah, at this point, I believe, was it this red flag where Ocon
0: ended up p one So, yes, this is where it all started to get a little bit... um...
1: Downhill.
0: (laughs) Yes. So, the turn one incident on the restart, um, and it was an incident. Max Verstappen
2: ran Lewis off. There's there's a debate for that. There's (laughs) a debate for that. I'm a Max fan. I think racing incident personally I don't think Max had full control of the car but I also think Lewis went deep into the corner as well so I think racing incident for that Um, what I will say though is the bit that followed was an absolute joke and this is pure Michael Massey people have called for his head here on this he was going to Red Bull going to Mercedes saying would you like P1 or P2 he was basically asking the teams to decide amongst themselves where they think they should be after that incident. Because he didn't Mm. have the bottle to decide for them and the stewards weren't getting involved at this point. And the stewards have the power to overrule Michael Massey and come in and make the decision for him and give out penalties and stuff. So why on earth was Michael Massey calling up Red Bull, calling up Mercedes and saying, do you like P1 or P2? And the outcome they came up with was... Ocon P1, Hamilton P2, and Verstappen P3, which led to this sign being created.
4: Oh, God.
1: (laughs) 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 I didn't know you were an artist.
0: So um, Cal has just held up a sign, uh, which he's going to post on... Where are you going to post this so that the listeners can view what we've just seen?
2: Is there anywhere safe to post <laughs> No, it? maybe on your own personal Twitter, uh, but you're not posting it I across the the <laughs> of nerds. No, I don't even think I want to do it on my own Twitter, to be honest. There's a little... I can say what it actually says, and it was, Massey is shit. Because usually my sign says Bottas is shit, but I've changed it this week because it's a special occasion. Now in the corner, I have drawn a little man with something on his head, and it says, there's a speech bubble next to it, it says, do you want P1 or P2? I will let the imagination go from there. Um, but honestly... <laughs> there's to it. There's, there was more creativity to this picture than I actually first gave it. <laughs> I took my time with this one. I've, normally I've, I create them during the podcast. Yeah. At the start when Ollie's doing his 10-minute intro that he likes to waffle on with. This yeah. time I created it pre-podcast because I had the idea and I was like, no, I'm going to draw it now before I eat my tea. And it was, I really enjoyed myself. I might, it's actually quite therapeutic. Um, so I'm going to take a part on the side. Anyway.
0: Sorry, I'm I going to stop you because you, you, you have perfectly skipped through, like a Red Bull fan would, the fact that Max Verstappen cut the corner on the restart. And that's why he was in the lead. And that's we why Michael Massey was offering out the grid
2: positions. No, 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 that wasn't that one. He didn't cut the corner, he went wide. <laughs> It's a weird corner. It's a, it's a, it's a left and a right. He didn't cut the corner, he went wide. That is, you might as well be Christian Horner. You know what happened? It's a, it's a weird left and right, isn't it, straight away? Oh, that's so funny. Actual turn one, which is the left-hander, he missed. Yep. As did Lewis. Now turn two, of course he caught it, because they ran wide on turn one. So that is cutting turn two. But they, they both did it, and the contact was minimal as well. It it wasn't. There was no damage. No, no. So so the, the I reg- genuinely believe it was a racing incident.
0: Okay, okay, fine. But the reason Michael Massey was offering out the grid positions is because people thought Max <laughs> Verstappen gained an unfair advantage. Correct
2: or not correct? Uh, unfair advantage. If the race continued, yes. But it didn't, it was red flagged. And this is, this is where the stipulation comes in for me because there was no advantage. The race stopped immediately. So How can you penalise someone who hasn't actually gained the advantage you think they would have gained?
0: Because he got P1. Grace, yeah, but, uh, I just need to ask you, know what, you I mean, what, uh, what, what are you thinking here? Because your facial expressions are all over the place.
1: I do like Red Bull. And I do like Verstappen. But it's getting very hard to back you up here, Callum. You need to give me something to justify what you're saying. I do think he cut the corner, but I am not. I do think Lewis went a bit wide as well. Or, as my friend said, they both decided to go on a trip to Narnia. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. You know, Listen, so
0: in Brazil, fun. it was very clear that you're allowed to run your opponent off the track.
1: Yeah, but here you'll exactly. crash into this the is... road. No, but there wasn't
2: a road to crash into. This is my point. So why is he being penalised now if he's allowed to do it in Brazil? No, because Max did it in Brazil. i by the way. I'm Lewis joking. did it this time.
1: Do you want me to be devil's yeah. advocate?
0: No, because that's really going to confuse me because I've, I've already got Callas devil's <laughs> advocate.
2: What, what I will say is the, the, um, the penalty was unfair because he hadn't actually gained his advantage. Yes, he would have done. We all know he would have done. ended up in p1 but the race stopped there and then yes so he so he got p1 off the track
1: yeah but it's not like when you go wide well not go wide miss an apex baby crash your championship rival into the wall and gain an advantage from that and that's devil's advocate
2: you've been saving that the whole time (laughs) oh yes I, think, I don't know. It, it, was, it was a weird decision.
0: For I, I, it's clear you don't know. Max got P1 off the track. Wow. For so
2: two
1: seconds of racing. <laughs>
2: for two seconds. no, It, it was a weird one. <laughs> and I, you could look at it for hours and I think we'd still end up with Michael Massey saying it. I don't really know what happened there. I'm going to let the teams decide.
0: Yeah, um, and, and that's where that's we're going, exactly Cal, because I, I couldn't fall out with you if I tried. Well, actually, I could if I didn't try. But um, Michael Massey didn't even know. Um, the Pundits didn't know. Crofty didn't know. Brundle didn't know. that We all have our opinions. And this is what led to the chaos that followed
4: where we have, like you've just said... The the
0: race director, deal or no dealing with the teams. Um, Abby, can you just add some context to this? Because I still can't quite believe what, what, what happened yesterday.
3: Neither can I, to be honest. Um, I was reading one of the articles on FormulaNerds.com earlier and apparently Massey said that when he saw that incident between Max and Lewis, he immediately suggested to the stewards that he was going to, asked Red Bull and Mercedes what order they wanted the teams the what order they wanted the drivers to go back out on tracking and I would never seen this happen and I was absolutely knackered trying to keep up with everything when I was doing the updates I was so confused I had no idea
1: what was going on felt like university clearing with that mad stress but Michael Massey is judge jury and executioner <laughs>
0: Uh, uh, Hi, Horner. Um, Yes, so I want to offer you uh, P2. Uh, Well, yeah, only if uh, Hamilton's on a P1. Okay, I'll call you back. (laughs) Hi, uh, Toto. Right, I'd like to offer you uh, a position here. Okay, I'll call you back. Hi, Christian. Uh, Again, I made a mistake last time. What I actually meant was P3. Um, Because Ocon's going to be on P1. Okay, I'll call you back. Ridiculous.
2: You know what it was? It was a man saying, it, yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell them what's going on. I'm going to make, I'm the man. I'm going to make this decision. And as soon as he's on the phone, ah, shit myself, put the phone down. And he did that three or four times, went back on himself three or four times. And you know what? He pissed every single waveform one fan off in the world by doing that. And there is so, I have seen, never seen anything like it on social media for someone who isn't a driver. It is insane that their hashtag Massey Out is trending in our group not worldwide uh, but in, in the group you know it's trending um, no it is <laughs> there's a big uproar about this and I agree with all of it I yeah. think regardless of who you support Michael Massey fucked up royally I mean uh, Abby do you, do you want to
0: talk next or, or or should I put it to Grace actually no no actually I'm going to give it to Grace first she can give her opinion uh, oh no you Cal I um, talk instead I mean, you see how it doesn't work, right? When you're that
4: indecisive.
1: You talking to me?
0: (laughs) Exactly.
1: Oh, you're funny.
0: Grace, uh, you can start in P1. (laughs) You muted yourself when you said that.
1: I was too excited. Couldn't couldn't contain it.
4: (laughs) So... We're at the point now
2: where we've had two red flags and Michael Massey's had his little deal or no deal audition because obviously Noel Edmund's retired. He's trying to reboot the show, trying to audition <laughs> live on that <F1. laughs> one And we have another race restart yet again. Third. thinking The third one. I mean, yeah. you couldn't script this.
0: Surely
1: um, it was going to be a rolling start, right, guys? Surely. what I was
2: leading into. Sorry. I thought it would have been. been. Everyone else thought it would have been. No, I didn't. Everyone else thought it should have been. But no, we had a standing start. And guess what happened? No one crashed. It was great. We went into turn one. Ocon, Hamilton, Verstappen. Ricardo was even in the mix because he was in P4. Where he fucking came from, I don't know. But... Verstappen showed his class here. I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm really going to melt this for what it's worth because it's the only good bit of have of the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Man, do it. It was class. He threw it on the inside into Turn 1 where Hamilton and Ocon were there. They went three abreast into Turn 1. And you know what? He was on the track. It was all legal. He got through without a single little scuff on that pretty Red Bull. Guess what happened next to him, though? Hamilton and Ocon. Banging with each other. Sorry. Slowed them down. <laughs> banging with each other, it.
0: Say that again in a different way, mate. But it's just the way you take it. You man. can't say Dirty banging making. each other. Well they did.
2: They, they touched front wings. Yeah. Anyway, they came out of the corner, Verstappen was steaming off as he does. And then Ocon was P two, Hamilton P three. I must say, Hamilton got past Ocon pretty quickly it wasn't it wasn't hard for him was it and then the, the race went on its merry way from there mm. and
0: um, there was interesting during Ted's notebook um, a nice uh, handshake between Archon and Toto Wolf did anyone spot that um,
1: yeah he looked like he was about to cry
0: Well, he looked like he just
2: got a bonus uh, out of straight out of Toto Wolf's pocket <laughs> <laughs> yeah That was a very meaningful handshake, shall we say. That's like when you're at a wedding and the groom is trying to shake his best man's hand. It's almost a hug. It's not quiet because there's people watching and it's a really solid handshake that lasts for so long. And That was like that. It lasted far too long live on television. It was quite weird. They were communicating in code, I think, with, with the eye contact they were making.
0: You said, don't believe conspiracies. So yeah, we've got at this point, I mean, we've had three race starts. we've had Massey handing up positions, we've had uh, Max overtaking off the track, whether he did or did not, he gained a, he was off the track and he overtook. Um, and now, Verstappen reports a lack of power. At this point, by the way, I completely lost it. I had a full breakdown. <laughs>
2: I, I'm not going to lie. I was, I thought, why now? Why now, Honda? <laughs> Even me, who, who was, was
0: uh, I was fuming at, at Verstappen at this point, but I thought, no, come on. It's not going to end this way.
2: My, my thoughts were Honda, you've been amazing all season, but if you let me down now, I'll hate you forever. And they didn't, to be fair. I think it was just, I think it came back over the radio, which was quite funny, that um, his battery was just recharging. And he was trying to deploy it. I mean, professional, professional racing driver. Just that in the moment, he forgets what his battery is and what it does, and that's why he had no power. You know, he's only been driving the car for five years, and you'd think he'd know, but or not.
0: And I think it was four minutes. Mac. Well, it was. It was about three minutes until the next. Hoo-ha erupted. Abby, what happened after this? I mean, God, you couldn't write this, could you?
3: No, I felt like I was typing faster than they were racing, to be honest.
4: Um, (laughs) Oh, my God.
3: (laughs) But Yuki Tsunoda had contact with Bastian Vettel and then crashed and proceeded to drive over his front wing that came off, but then reversed because his team told him to, got out of the way of the front wing. And then there was a the
0: yellow flag and a virtual safety car. And he was on fire for a little while as well, if I remember correctly. Um it was, oh damn, if I don't move this car, it's gonna go up in flames. So get that get that wing out and let's move. Let's put this fire out, Cal.
2: It was actually a really bizarre situation, wasn't it? We all thought, right, he's, he's pulling off to the side now, he's, he's getting out of the way, got no front wing, there's nothing much he can do, he's probably got more damage we don't know about. And then his brakes set on fire, and it's almost as if as soon as the brakes set on fire, the team were like, you're going to have to drive on quickly, otherwise the whole car's going up, please drive as fast as you can to put the fire out. <laughs> and that's what it felt like happened. Um, obviously Vettel... Was not very happy at that point because I think most of his uh, area next to the bargeboard board was just gone I, if you looked at the car from the front, the left side looked a lot thinner shall we say, a lot leaner than the right hand side and um, that was Yuki's fault, Yuki put him on a diet
0: and this is now um, lap 25 at 50 we're, we're halfway are, there. We're halfway.
1: is that, yeah. Is that all? Yeah. Oh, it went on for, for ages.
0: Uh, Abby, do you want to give us just a quick recap of not everything that's happened, but where, where we are at this stage? Because, um, dare I say, that's just the start of this chaos.
3: Okay, so lap 25 out of 50. We have had four DNFs, both Haas drivers, Perez and Russell. We've had two red flags, and a virtual safety car. Verstappen is winning the race, and if he does, then he could have won the title. And Ocon is in third ahead of Ricardo, who is defending against Bottas, whilst Dando Norris, sadly for my McLaren heart, is in P13.
0: Yeah, and at this point, um, there's marshals running out on the track, probably every, every, every lap. One that very nearly tripped over, um, which was quite funny.
2: Cal I I saw you you had something to say on that yeah first of all yeah that was funny but can I just say throughout the whole race the amount of debris on track it's just ridiculous there was drivers constantly on the radio saying we need to move this like get rid of it this is bad I'm gonna get a puncture there were some corners where it was borderline safety car Placement like turn 13, for example, I think it was a left hander, it was banked. Seen a couple of times where cars have gone there side by side. Now, literally, just off the racing line, if one car's going through, there was a massive bit of just car. It was just a big piece of metal, carbon fiber, just there for everyone to see. And it took them ages to get rid of it. They just did a VSC, and it was probably quite dangerous, really. Um, but yeah they were terrible at that I don't like the VSCs either I'm just going to put that out there I think safety car punch them all up add a bit of spice to the mix the VSC just kills it there's too many tactics going on I don't like it
0: so under VSC something happened which I didn't actually see I've just read it in our in our show notes um,
1: oh, everyone's favourite doctor not Valentino Rossi Dr. Helmut Marco tried to take a drink <laughs> with his mask on <laughs>
0: Just, I d- I didn't see this. I was probably too busy texting you lot. He
3: he got his water. He unscrewed it and he went oh, and then he took his mask off and then he tried drinking again.
2: How
4: did
3: I miss it, that? I just-
2: yeah, it, it was fairly embarrassing because we all know as well they can see the uh, the screens in front of them. He would have seen himself do it a few seconds later on the delay, <laughs> which is bad. And as a Red Bull fan, I was thinking, this man is running <laughs> our team. And he... <laughs> he, he can't drink. Oh,
1: my God, Mate. you've killed Ollie. I need to see
0: this. I need to watch it now. Has anyone got a link to it? I haven't even seen this,
2: and it's killing me. See, Ollie has a small mind, so these things really tickle him.
1: Really tickle
2: him. The amount of videos we've been sent of people falling over in the background <laughs> is, is hilarious.
1: It's on YouTube. I've just found it. (laughs) Can Um, you
2: send me the link, please?
1: Yeah, I'll put it in the chat. One sec.
0: (laughs) It's the way Cal described it.
4: (laughs)
2: This man. Oh dear. Uh, Cal, did you see it live, or did you just hear about this afterwards? I did see it live, but I immediately let it leave my brain because I was was one of. I was in that moment where this is really intense this race and it was a really funny moment I thought this, this man is trying to lead us here to victory and Jesus Christ he's letting the side down <laughs>
1: where, where is this thing it's mortifying I'm just sending it now oh my gosh that's why I had to put the jumper on over the Red Bull shirt because it doesn't <laughs> stand the coming. shame <laughs> <laughs> Oh
2: my god!
1: He's masking the drink. Someone else take
2: over.
0: Okay, another. Oh dear! Give me a minute. <laughs> i was sick in my mouth.
4: Oh dear! Painting with moment. words, Ollie. Oh. Right. So the safety, the virtual safety car came in. Yeah, we <coughs> had a few of these, didn't we? To be fair. Um, if if I'm going to
2: be honest, there was what three or four virtual safety cars. Um, each one of them as boring as the next. It was just lap after lap of them cruising around. The only benefit for me as a as a Max Verstappen fan was that he was saving his tyres because this is a key point that we'd actually missed. On the restart, he was on the mediums, whereas Sir Lewis was on the hard's, and his Bono man coming over the radio and he was like these are the tires to be on these are the ones that are going to win you the race and i was thinking yeah right mate and um i expected more pit stops and everything but because of all these vscs lewis's tires lasted the whole race spoiler alert and the mediums dropped off late on um
1: (laughs) wasn't great I was shocked at how little degradation there was. I was expecting the track to be very high deg, so that's shocked me. Just a little point. (laughs)
0: Um, Oh, dear. I've I've just about brought brought myself back to normal. Um, And then, quite possibly, a moment that will go down in the history of F1. I will never forget this moment until the day I die something happened someone put their hand up who's going to take it i'm not i'm, I'm not going through this again
4: can't remember what happened what, which bit is it which? the lewis ah, and Max
2: okay i'll talk through <laughs> this president, the
0: yeah i mean the, the the sort of the talking point
2: of the race mate um get, I'll get talk in there, lewis this. no problem <laughs> <laughs> um, because i have nothing to hide here this was not Verstappen's
4: fault. Basically, um, there had
2: been a dodgy occurrence with some um, position positioning on track. I think they'd gone into Turn One, and basically, it was deemed that Max should give up the place uh, to Lewis because Lewis can't pass him on track properly. So Michael Massey decides, I'll give Lewis the place this time. I gave Red Bull a red flag, so you know it's only fair. After taking 45 minutes to decide on that. Doing deal or no deal with himself, probably. Anyway, they try and give the place back. Now, here's where Michael Massey fucks up again. He's communicating with the teams. He's telling Red Bull, give up the place. Okay, Red Bull acknowledge. They tell Max to give up the place. Now, they're on the back straight. Max starts to slow down. Here's where it gets spicy. Max slows down quite a bit because he realises there's a DRS zone and he thinks, I know, if Lewis passes me here, I immediately get DRS and I can repass him. Good tactics from Max. That's a wily old brain for a 22-year-old. Is he 22 or is he 23?
1: 23, my man.
2: 23. Wily wily old brain for a 23-year-old. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Michael Massey then goes to Mercedes over the radio says, you need to give up. Max is going to give up the place for Lewis. Tell Lewis to pass in a safe manner. Blah blah blah. Max was breaking, letting Lewis pass. Lewis hesitated because he yet hadn't been told on the radio that this was happening. Lewis hesitates because he thinks Max is trying to play some dirty game, and tactic, something. Max left plenty of space on the inside. Now, as they get further down the track, the inside. Closes up a bit because Max is moving left. Now, I think at this point, Max is moving left to think, well, Lewis doesn't want to pass on the inside. I'll let him pass on the outside. He then breaks even harder to keep into the DRS zone. And then Lewis goes straight into the back of him.
4: Then Max speeds off. So obviously, everyone's reaction is Max has brake tested him. Max has, Max has brake tested him.
2: Ollie hit the roof. Probably, you know. Destroyed his house a little bit in the process. <laughs> I think that was the worst I've ever hit the roof over F1.
1: Max break-tested, Ollie broke the house.
0: But he didn't break-test.
1: He didn't break-test. Yeah. I,
2: don't I think break-tested, break-tested test. the house is what I did. <laughs> what we sort of agreed on last night while we were all chatting away and arguing was that Michael Massey was to blame. Because Michael Massey didn't have the skill to communicate to both teams make it happen what he should have done is communicated with Mercedes first and said right I'm going to tell Red Bull to let him pass tell Lewis to be ready rather than saying to Max right let him through and then Max just starts breaking and Lewis doesn't have a clue what's going on Lewis as a world champion I would have expected to just go for the overtake when he sees him going going a bit slower but for some reason he doesn't so there's a lot of different theories floating about (laughs) and there's the one of the Red Bull fan and my theory is that Michael Massey just was to blame in all of this. I think Max tried to slow down. Lewis, rightly so, by the way, hesitated because Max was not playing fair last night. And I will fully admit that there was some dirty moves he was pulling. So fair play to Lewis for hesitating and trying to keep his car in one piece. But if ultimately, we can all agree on this, if Michael Massey communicated properly and therefore, the teams could communicate with the drivers properly, none of this would have happened.
4: I, I've enjoyed listening to your theory in full. Um, I agree with most of it. Um, I agree that Michael Massey is at fault. However, there is a
0: manner in which you let a driver pass, that was not followed um and And just before you before you counter me, um Cal, God, I feel like Dan's back. Um, just before you counter me. do you do you slow down to let a driver go in the middle of the circuit? Do you go left, right, left, right, left, right? And do you actively brake when letting a driver go past? And I know the answer to each of them, but what what what's your answer?
2: The answer to all of those answers is no. You don't do those things. But when Max initially started to slow, he wasn't heavy on the brakes. Agreed. He wasn't heavy on the brakes and he was over to one side of the track. Agreed. Now, at that point, as Lewis said, he thought Max was playing games. Now, Max doesn't know that Lewis doesn't know he's he's, he's letting him pass. Agreed. So, Max could think that Lewis is playing games. He didn't say that in the press conference, but that could have been going through his head at the time. So do you think Max, quick.
0: actually, that's a really good point, uh, Cal, and this is why I've been listening so, so, so carefully to what you've been saying. Do you think, and this is flipping the DRS theory here. Do you think Lewis thought, right, Max is letting me pass so he can get DRS to come back past again. So Lewis actually thought, right, he's letting me go, but he's going to get me again because he's going to have DRS.
2: I, no, I don't think Lewis thought he was letting him go because the, rate, the, the message hadn't been communicated yet.
0: No, 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 and I know that, but I mean, Lewis would have, would have been behind Max thinking, why, why are you slowing down here? Mm. Is it because there's a DRS zone coming up?
2: Possibly. I mean, it, there's, there's no way of ruling that out. But what I do think is both drivers hesitated. Max initially slowed down, and he was fairly slowing down. We can all agree on that. And he was over to one side. When he's seen Lewis isn't trying to pass, maybe he's thinking, well, fuck him then. I'll make it awkward. You know, which is what I'd do. And you know, the, the amount that's gone on this season between those two, it doesn't take much for them to think, "That ah, fuck this guy, and immediately quit the, the, the truce. Um. And like I say, I, I just blame it on Michael Massey. If he did have communicated properly, all would have been well. Lewis would have passed him. Max might not have got the DRS by the time Lewis passed him, but that's what he was trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the race would have continued. But it is what it is at the end of the day. We can't change it. They're immediately blaming each other as the fans were blaming the other fans. Uh, you know what I mean? The fans were blaming the other driver as to who they supported. And then the neutrals, most of them blamed Verstappen. Because I don't know Verstappen, any neutrals, do you? Not at the minute. <laughs> Verstappen, um, Verstappen was blamed a lot. And I found that watching the post-race, sort of talking with Damon Hill, uh, Christian Horner, all of those guys when they were talking, Anthony Davidson, they all made some really good points. And what you've all got to remember is Max is going for his first world championship here. Yep. He was, at, the, at that moment in time, beating Lewis Hamilton, and he was ahead of points of Lewis Hamilton. Why would he risk brake testing him and crashing them both out? What's he got to gain from that?
0: My initial thought on, on board with Lewis Hamilton was Max is slowing because there's something I can't see on track ahead, and I don't want to hit it. You're going at 180 miles an hour around a blind corner. If, if if I was driving on the M6, Cal, behind you, and let's hypothetically say it's the M6 toll, so there's no speed limit, uh, and you suddenly slow and we're absolutely flat out, I'm not going to overtake you because I'm going to think, right, okay, he knows something I don't. That would have been my initial reaction. And that that's defensive against both of the drivers that... You're, you're, you're in Jeddah where you don't know what's around the next corner. Um, if there's a sudden slowdown, I'm not going to go past you because I don't want to hit it. That's what I think.
2: That's, um, a fair, that's a fair opinion as well. And I think. Which yeah. is also Michael Massey's fault, back to your yeah. point. Yeah, again, Michael Massey was to blame. And from Lewis Hamilton's point of view, there, you know, if, Ma- if Max is slowing down, Lewis's first thought will be where's the flags? Where's the signs lighting or what, what colour should it be? What, what's going on? Because the amount of red flags they'd had and VSCs they'd had, it wouldn't have been a surprise to either of them. And um, Michael Massey just fucked up, really, didn't he? A few times, let's be honest. Yeah. And, and I'd, I'd be surprised if he still had a job next season after this performance because he really, he didn't keep his head. He's supposed to be the most calm man in the room and he Was not. lost his head. Yeah, He lost yeah. his head completely and, and, and teams were influencing his decisions even bottled some decisions and ultimately his communication was shocking
0: Cal you and I have had our opinions um, ladies uh, Abby Grace um, what you know you've heard me and Cal probably battle it out here um, what do you make of it uh, honestly um, it's not about taking sides it's actually how how did you see this Moment in history, unfold.
1: Just to say, I thoroughly enjoyed that little discussion between the two of you. Now it's time for the mini Verstappen and Hamilton fans to get battling. (laughs) I think you both made really good points because what we were talking about before with all the debris around the track, say if Verstappen did see a piece of debris as he was ahead, it it would be the first, one of the first things you'd go through Lewis Hamilton's mind is, oh, crap is there a part of a front wing on the track like who, who knows so yeah but I also do think that Verstappen is not fully to blame I don't think he's to blame at all really he did move over and what would he gain from brake testing so yeah I'm fully with Callum and also I fully blame Michael Massey or as he's known in my house from last night Michael no balls Massey.
0: Uh, Abby, I'm. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Cal's held up his sign. Have we even. Yes, we have said what the sign says. Um, Abby, what, what do you make of it? And I, I know you're not biased. Um, I, I know none of us are biased, really. Um, what there is in F1 is emotion. And um, sometimes that can uh, slightly influence things. However, we are all a fan of racing, we don't want to see unfair stuff. Um, may the best man win. Which he did. Only joking. Uh, Abby, <laughs> Abby, what do you make of it?
3: So, I I prefer Lewis to Max. I'm not a big Max fan. And I did think going down the main straight when he slowed from 8th gear to 3rd gear, I think it was, on the racing line, that is dangerous driving. However... Well,
2: you're just wrong. <laughs> <Champion>
0: However... <continue.
3: laughs>
2: I I, I'm sure you've said that before on this this show, Cal. Yeah, I did it to Bridge last week. It was yeah. quite fun doing that. Yeah. It, was just a,
1: it was just a gear issue, guys. Like, get over it.
3: <laughs> God. I do, <laughs> I do think that Michael Massey is at fault as well. He spoke to Red Bull first, and I think it was Ron from Mercedes. He said to Massey, he went, you told me as it happened. And Massey said, no, I didn't. I told you before that. And he's like, no, you didn't. You actually told me as it happened. So, yeah, I I don't like Verstappen, so I am putting some blame on him. However, it's not entirely his fault.
0: T- Can I say, can I ask for a team vote here? There's four of us. So <laughs> um, this, this may not be content that gets published. Um, you have three options of who's to blame. You have... Lewis Hamilton, you have Max Verstappen, or you have Michael Massey. Uh, I'm going to
2: start off by voting for Michael Massey is to blame. Yeah, Michael Massey. I just want to throw it in there as well. (laughs) That that radio call between Ron and Michael was fucking (laughs)
4: hilarious.
2: (laughs) As a non-Mercedes fan, it was really funny. (laughs) But yeah, Michael Massey's fault, 100%. Grace? Michael Massey,
1: 100%.
2: Well, I don't even need to ask you,
4: Abby, but I'm going to anyway. Um,
1: Michael
3: Massey,
0: 95%, Verstappen, 5%. I didn't know there were percentages you could put in. I might revise my answer. No. She just threw that in
2: there, didn't she? Yeah, me.
3: I mean, Toto said it's hard, very hard, maybe over the line hard racing. And... Verstappen doesn't have anything to lose. He wants this championship, so he's going to go for it. But I do think he does have a dangerous style of driving
0: sometimes. I I couldn't disagree more. Max Verstappen has a championship to lose. Do
1: you also know what else is hard? Toto's table for his headphones. Did everyone see
0: that?
2: (laughs) Um, I'll tell you what, what an advert for Bose, by the way. I (laughs) know.
4: Wow.
0: I said to Claire, I said, I thought it was the same headphones he's wearing now because he just absolutely. Fox smashed them Um, you know he (laughs) fully gumpered them yeah exactly
1: (laughs) Netflix are going to be buzzing about this episode I think they could get a whole series from it to be honest I I just (laughs) want
2: to throw something out there by the way and taking all jokes aside now I want Lewis Hamilton to win that 8th title as a British F1 fan I love F1 I'm a British fan I want to see him win that 8th title and yes I'm a Max Verstappen fan of course, I want to see Max win. But I want to see a fair and square result at the end of it. And if the FIA, i.e. Michael Massey, is going to ruin that, it will tarnish whoever wins the next championship. And that's what yeah. we don't want to see. men. I am happy whatever the result at the end of this season. I, I'm a winner either way because Maxwell Lewis is going to win. And I'm happy either way. I think Max will win a championship anyway if he doesn't this season, so I'm content with that. I just hope Michael Massey doesn't interfere too much and tarnish it because the fans will really that's um, word I'm looking for. Ruin the result, they be pissed off. Yeah. Yeah, they'll ruin the result. They'll take it away from whoever's won and they'll fight. <coughs> <laughs> this has been a 23 race
0: championship. <coughs> Sorry, mate. I didn't mute. <laughs> I knew you shouldn't have carried on drinking.
1: Couldn't agree more with you, Callum. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you can't even agree
2: yourself <clears throat> back. Yeah, what I was saying was, no, I'm still not back. <laughs> I'll try again in a minute. <sighs> okay. No, what I was saying was, my voice still isn't back, is it? Jesus, I'm really, I'm really suffering here. Basically, the fans are going to ruin it for the winner. If, if Michael gets in the way, my voice is gone completely, God.
1: <laughs> Your voice is gone, but <laughs> <he's> actually gone.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Wait. It's all good. Yeah, so what I was saying was the fans will basically ruin it for the winner. If Lewis wins, Max fans are going to make it hell for Lewis and tarnish that result and vice versa.
1: I couldn't agree with you more about the Hamilton Max thing. As a Max fan, I want him to win. But as a British racing fan, I also want Lewis yeah. to win. So it's and either me and, or.
2: Me and Ollie chatted about this off the podcast, and Ollie feels the same way, don't you, mate? Let's not lie here. Let's 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 all bring it in.
0: I, I would be. And, e- uh, I would. I, uh, cow. I would be equally as happy with Max Verstappen winning the world championship and I'm only laughing because of your, <laughs> your voice that just keeps going. Um, but uh, real talk, I would, I would be as equally as happy of the two of them winning just as long as it's fair without, um, any Michael Massey getting involved, essentially, uh, it needs to be racing. And up until this point in this race, all we've had is wheel-to-wheel racing between Max and Lewis, which is everything we've ever wanted. So you could complain about all the decisions that happened. I could complain about pit stops, tyres, red flags. You could complain about uh, driving into the back of you when you're giving a position pass. But we got racing.
2: Yeah, it was, it was fantastic from start to finish. And, you know, take away the drama. Just focus on the racing. And we still had an amazing race. If you forget the red flags, the VSCs, the safety cars, the crashes, the actual wheel-to-wheel racing we saw from Lewis and Max was phenomenal. And there's not many circuits where that happens. You know, In Qatar last week, we saw Lewis just walk away with it. At Zandvoort, we saw Max walk away with it. This was a circuit that is going to, you know, once they've got data for next season and the following season, the following season after that, with these new cars as well, a little bit slower, a bit more friendly on the overtaking stuff. Saudi, Saudi, I'm going to put this out there now. I think Saudi could be race of the year next year. I think it was race of the year this year. It was, but I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm predicting it now. I think the new Baku could be, you know, it, it may make it onto the wall of fame here.
0: <laughs> I think, I think that's fair shout. And, um, you know the right the 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 race was about 5 hours long and this podcast is is probably going in that direction so if you haven't guessed it lewis hamilton finally got passed uh, max verstappen gave it up in a more legitimate manner um because michael Massey let lewis and max know what was going on the second time um and Max's tyres were dead. I mean, is there anything more to add to the the, the top two?
2: Yes, there is. Um, Max's tyres were dead, correct, because he was on the mediums, and Bono called it earlier on in the race. That's why he's doing the job he does for the world champion. What I do want to say is Lewis Hamilton, from the incident with Max, had a severely broken front wing. And yet, after that, on laps old, hard tyres, hard tyres, went on to set fastest lap after fastest lap, and he was pushing and pushing and pushing. And that gap actually grew up to about nine seconds, I believe, by the time they crossed the line. Lewis just said, all right, I want no part of Max Verstappen anymore in this race. I'm going to go now. Thank you very much. And he did. He, he fucked off. Fair play to him. Because on that circuit, on old tyres with a broken front wing, to risk going and setting fastest laps like that, it takes some minerals, doesn't it? Let's be honest. So fair play to Lewis for that. (laughs) Do you know what's
0: funny? We haven't mentioned another driver really in this race so far. Um, And if we did, we'd be here for a lot longer. I think the, the, the only real
4: call out is P3, which was brutal. Yeah.
0: Savage. Um, savage. Savage.
1: A bit rude, really.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: <laughs> it, it's, it's, as, it's as polite as urinating on someone's face, it's is how polite it is.
2: Yeah. And it was literally on the line as well, wasn't it? It, it wasn't yeah. like he, he chose yeah. to do it anywhere else. He just thought, oh, I'm going to ruin this. It was but Baku. Yeah.
0: It was Baku in when Lance Stroll was going for his first podium.
1: 17.
0: Yeah, uh, and Bottas took it away from him, uh, if I remember correctly, or it was he was going to win it.
1: Ugh. Is it second and third, maybe? Yeah,
2: too much Guinness, yeah, second and
0: third.
1: <laughs> Ric- Ricardo, <laughs> yeah. Lance and Bottas.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm. i tell you what, fair play to Bottas, for one, getting the job done, because no one expects him to ever do that. <laughs> um, but, wow, Ocon, unlucky, mate. Unlucky pal. That was another podium this year for Alpine on the cards. And literally, he was what, not even a tenth away from, from P3 when they crossed the line. I'd have been crying in my visor. Uh, I really would. And I, I, you know, that handshake at the end with Toto, that we mentioned before, the really long, awkward one. Um, I wouldn't have given that to Toto if I was Ocken. I'd have probably backhanded him on Sky Sports Live Telly because. Bottas just ruined his day, his weekend even, No, it's week, probably season. But did Bottas win the World Constructors' Championship by that move? Yes, I believe so. I think, mm. although it's mathematically possible, realistically in Abu Dhabi for Red Bull to win it, they need to finish 1-2 and uh, Mercedes need to have a double engine failure in my opinion, for that to happen. There's no way that on track they're going to finish below two and three, is it,
0: really? No. I mean, Grace, do you think we need to do a, a part two to this podcast? Because I feel that we haven't done uh, the other drivers any justice at all, where we've only discussed the top well three now and and the ones who crashed. Um, but we we are going in to the final race with something that I don't think has ever happened before, right?
1: Happened once with, I want to say Fittipaldi, actually. Yeah, Fittipaldi. Yeah, equal points between the two championship contenders. And as soon as I found out that was happening, I did an internal scream, then an external scream. It was It was pretty exciting. Mm.
2: 1974, I believe, last time that happened. Which yeah. is, it just shows you how rare it is. Mm. I, I was not thing. alive at that time. Uh, I was ne- really not
0: alive. None of you were alive at that time. <laughs> um, which is, you know, it's the first time in our lifetimes that this has happened. Which, which really calls out how special this is. Um, I think uh, as, a, you know, as, as a fan of the sport, also a fan of Hamilton, I'm going into next weekend as um, it's reset. It is one race. This entire championship is decided in one race. It doesn't matter what happened. We haven't had a ridiculous DNF um, when we did in Baku. Uh, Lewis screwed it up, so it equaled it, it out. Um, yes, we've had some chaos throughout this championship. There, there's always going to be room for debate: who was right, who was wrong. This could happen. This could have happened. But I think, in terms of two titans of the sport, Next weekend is gonna it, it it literally sums it up unless we have a DNF for <laughs> Byron
2: engine failure in which case I'm not watching F1 next year because it's too stressful. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, mate. I think on the whole it's probably the best season I've ever sat and watched um, in recent memory, and I, I I dare even say you know people like Martin Brundle who has been around since dinosaurs were. We're walking would say that this is one of the better seasons he's witnessed um you know he's not going to listen and correct me if i'm wrong there so i'm just going to say it mm. what i will say though is ollie me and you are watching it together next weekend in the same room yeah <laughs> this could be,
0: bring a shield brother
2: yeah this could be dangerous <laughs> but at the same time you know that just shows you our our love for the sport and i want to say this because I've seen this a couple of times in in our own group F1 fans
4: it's not football it's not a
2: hateful sport, we all love cars going fast and so what if Hamilton wins, so what if Verstappen wins, it's been an amazing season enjoy it with your friends, enjoy it with your family, have a drink celebrate this season because we won't see one like this again for a very 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 long time
0: Couldn't have said it it better myself. Um, We're not going to do the the driver standings and the championship standings this week. If you need to find them, head over to the website, FormulaNose.com. That is because we're short on time. However, Abby, where are you going to be watching the finale next week?
3: From my house. So if any of my friends want to do anything next week, my answer is no, because I am going to be glued to that sofa to watch who will win the championship.
0: Any any after-party plans yet?
3: Um, I don't think so. Only my dad and one friend who I can actually meet up with in real life. Like F1, everyone else just gets bored when I talk their ear off about them. Um, So probably some more shots depending on how many incidents and crashes there are. But I'm sure the nerds chat will go absolutely mental.
0: <laughs> I might, I might leave it before this race because I'm going to be fiery <laughs> as hell. Uh, Grace, um, next week is the last race of this season. What, what are you going to do to to celebrate a fantastic season?
1: So, going to be putting our chat on mute, and then I'm. What? Going to... <laughs> I'm going over to a very good friend of mine's to watch it with him and then I'm revising for an exam the next day. So it's kind of rubbish, really. I'll still drink, though, of course.
0: <laughs> I don't I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that at all. And, and
2: um, Cal, if you can answer this one for me, what are we going to do, mate? We're going to... I'm probably going to hide behind the sofa depending <laughs> on the result and I think you will as well. Yeah. To be honest with you, I'm pretty worried. I think we need... Either Claire or John Dutton to be around. Yep. It's a referee. <laughs> I don't think we could be left on our own. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But no, as I said before, it's been a fantastic season. I'm happy either way with the result because I've enjoyed it. And it doesn't really matter to me what happens now. I've I've had an amazing season. Um, and I think Ollie will probably have a few beers, you know.
0: Well, we're going to be together, mate. But all I'm going to tell you now is I have a surprise lined up for you, which you don't know about yet. But you're coming to you're, you're coming to my vicinity, and there is a surprise ready for the final of the season. Take Monday off work. I have. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, may the best man win is all I'm going to say. We'll enjoy it either way. Um, let's finish with our, our race ratings and driver of the day for the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. And then then we are actually going because um, it's been a long one. And Grace wants to go to bed, but I have to edit this. So I have to listen to everything we've just said again and more.
4: I'm Abby, sorry.
0: Who was? First of all, your driver of the day, then race rating, please. Grace next, and then Cal.
3: Well, stepping away from the two title rivals, I'm going to say my driver of the day was Carlos Sainz because he started in P15 and he got to P8. However, I do like Hamilton, but it's difficult. I don't want to just pick Max or Hamilton because I've heard enough of them in the news recently. Um, but then Ricardo does go to. We're,
0: we're short on time, Abby. So. Um.
3: <laughs> okay. My driver of the day, I have to say, is Daniel Ricardo because I'm a McLaren fan at heart. And he did finish in the top five, but apparently Lando Norris didn't. So that was very sad for me.
0: And your race rating out of 10?
3: I would say 12 out of 10, purely because it was a very exciting race. There was a lot of action on track, and I loved it. Yeah, okay. 12
0: out of 10. For the official um, Excel statistics, that's going to be a 10 out of 10. Otherwise, it will come up with an error. Um, Grace, what are you saying?
1: Um, oof. I'm stuck between Ocon, I feel bad for him, but also Pierre Gasly, because I think he flew a bit under the radar, which happens to, happens to him a lot. So oh, I'm going to have to go with Gasly. Bit of, I am the president of the Gasly fan club here, so got to go with that. And I'm going to give it a 9.99 recurring.
4: I, swear, I do have to just ask one
0: question. What, what was missing?
1: McLaren higher up for the Constructors.
0: Mm, or a Gasly win, I suppose.
1: Don't tempt me.
4: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cal Dog. drive of the day Lewis
0: Hamilton oh, 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 oh. that's the first one of the actually is that the first one The betrayal stand
3: says Lewis yes get
2: in there Cal undeniable really he was one, you know once all the drama had been over and he'd gotten past Max he he was ruthless and I, I I enjoyed watching him run away with it to be honest he was fantastic and as I said before I just enjoy racing so That's why he got driver of the day for me. The race rating was obviously a 10 out of 10. And that's because there was a bit of drama in there. And my guilty pleasure in life is EastEnders. So, you know, it felt like Christmas Day EastEnders, but in F1. I, um... I echo. Copy, paste. I didn't know you liked EastEnders. (laughs) No, uh, well, I, I I have been prone
0: to it once or twice. Um... Yeah, it's 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 Lewis Hamilton, um, and and, I, and mainly because of his it was because of his aura after the race. The guy was near collapsing. Um, the, they had to move the TV cameras out of the way. You could tell he was hyperventilating. Um, he had to have some time with Angela alone, and he wasn't. Um, he, Grace, stop it! Uh, and and he wasn't the first one to be interviewed after the race which he should have been the guy was not in a good state he didn't even look well on the podium uh, which shows you quite what that man gave to win that race uh, I, I would I think that was the toughest race of his entire career uh, and that's why Lewis is, is my driver of the day and do you know what there were great drivers of the day but I, I don't think we'll ever see a race uh, a Lewis Hamilton like that again till the till the end of his career
2: Oh, I agree. I think, you know, his age is showing now.
0: (laughs) That's one way to put it. Um, I I thought it was effort. You think it's age?
1: Long COVID. Yeah. You think it's long
0: COVID.
2: Sorry, just one last little bit of spice for people to think on before we go into an off-season podcast. Me and Ollie were having a chat the other day and we were saying, who's better then, Verstappen or
4: Hamilton? And I came back at him with, well, Who was better at the age of 23, Hamilton or Verstappen?
2: Have a think on that. Go into the group. We'll make a little poll when the podcast comes out, but have a good think on it. Because who was better at 23, Verstappen or Hamilton?
0: I think we're going to have to make an entire podcast about that. Guys, thank you. It's been a, a titanic race, a titanic season, a titanic podcast. Well, <laughs> Cal, thank you very much, mate. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm virtually shaking your hand.
2: I've, I'm fucking glad it's over, mate, to be honest. That was a long one. Um, thanks for having me. Don't forget, guys, you can go to FormulaNerds.com for all your latest news, articles, spiciness in life. Also, we do, we, we do a cheeky little bit of merch here and there as well, so go and get yourself a hoodie for Christmas. Um, podcast, obviously give it a listen. We do a midweek show as well. The news, news from the nerds. What a fantastic show that is, by the way, with all the new guys. Thank and, you very uh, much. Ah, You're welcome. And then we have a group on Facebook as well where there's many, many, many a discussion in there with 24,000 other people. So go in, have a go.
0: Indeed. And a big shout out to our moderators who, who um, babysit the 24,000 people. Um, I've done it. I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> um, they are they are hero unsung heroes, um, as are Respect. as is Abby for um, writing the live race commentary yesterday and all the articles covering the entire events of the day from the F two crash to the <laughs> to the um, well to everything that happened. Um, Abby, you are an unsung hero. Thank you. Well done, and thank you for being on the show as well.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I was absolutely knackered after yesterday and I'm still a bit knackered today as well.
0: Grace, are you covering next weekend?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm stepping down from that one. Someone else can cover it.
0: Yeah, I'd guess that much.
1: I've retired from live race updates (laughs) until 2022.
0: um guys thank you so much um from me ollie it is see you next week for the season finale don't forget the news show it's going to be out on thursday weekend preview there's going to be so much drama to talk about between the time you listen to this to the news podcast so um don't miss it we'll be back and um the season finale is less than a week away Oh, my God. Bye, guys.
4: Podcast Network.